Welcome to the Pro Aging Podcast. I'm Steve Gurney, founder of the Positive Aging Sourcebook. We're excited that you can join us for our interactive discussions with pioneers and thought leaders on a wide variety of topics related to aging and longevity. Today, we had another one of our Workplace Wednesday discussions. One of the main goals of these monthly discussions is to give job seekers and those organizations with open positions an opportunity to connect in a live and interactive platform. Today, we also had a special treat of having Lisa Woodruff, founder and CEO of Organize 365 and author of The Mindset of Organization. Lisa shares some great tips, techniques, and solutions to keep our workplace settings organized and productive. So let's jump into the discussion with my co-host, Stephanie Adaska, who is a senior living recruiter. So um, Stephanie, uh, first off, for those that didn't meet you the first, uh, the first month, uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and, and what you do and how you got into that. And uh, this will make sense why you're my co-host on Workplace Wednesdays. Workplace Wednesday. Yes. Yeah. So welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, my name is Stephanie Adaska. I am a recruiter, uh, a director of talent acquisition for uh, with Goodwin Recruiting. We are a third party recruiting company. So we supply uh, recruitment services, both contingency as well as retained services for our senior living clients across the country, uh, whether it's uh, for-profit, non-profit organizations are looking for nurses, executive directors, marketing directors at the community level on up to C-level positions, presidents and CEOs. I also have many clients that sell products and or services to the senior living market. Um, I have a client that does telemed services strictly for assisted living uh, out in California is one of my big clients. And, and I also do, um, you know, I have uh, clients that have um, services to the senior living marketplace as well and across the board and actually I'm going to be sharing later on we'll be sharing some of uh, and hopefully you will too sharing some of your open job positions but we'll be talking about some of the positions that I have available that I'm working on uh, for my clients I'm available uh, I'm based out of New Jersey and uh, however I work all over the country um, placing professionals in, in the aging services so thanks I love it uh, being no, it, there, Steve. Yeah, no, no. And and our first discussion, uh, we fielded a bunch of different questions where Stephanie was very insightful because she works with so many different companies, so many different types of HR departments and things like that. So we, we hope that this can be a resource for you if you're looking to recruit the best or if you're looking to make a move or f find a new position. Okay, before we we meet Lisa Woodruff, I want to bring on Jenny Pearson our, with Maryland Relay, who's our sponsor this month. And um, Jenny, as I had mentioned, this has been, it's the last day of the month. This has been a really fun uh, month on um, learning about deaf history. Uh, and, uh, but before, we get another tidbit from you. Um, the, before we get a, another tidbit for you on that, uh, just for those that didn't get to meet, get to meet you at a previous discussion, tell everybody a little bit about Maryland Relay. Sure. Thanks, Steve. Um, and it really has been a great month. Um, had a lot of great interactions and a lot of great information traded back and forth. Um, as Steve said, I'm Jenny Pearson. I am an outreach coordinator for Maryland Relay. We're a free public service that is administrated by the Department of Disabilities uh, to provide telecommunication solutions for individuals who may have difficulty using a standard telephone. So we provide services like TTY, caption telephone, speech to speech services, and so on. Um, we also have an equipment program where if someone needs specialized equipment to be able to make and receive calls, we can certainly uh, get them signed up in that program and get them the equipment they need at no cost to them. Great. And I know it's going to come up because it's come up on every one of our discussions as our audience has grown geographically exponentially is, is that Maryland Relay is uh, affiliated with Hamilton Relay. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not in Maryland, it might not be exactly like Maryland Relay in your state, but there is a relay program in, in every state. Yes. Is that correct? 
Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Um, every state has a relay service as mandated by the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, it is uh, just telecommunications access. Um, and we are also, um, relay services are also available in territories such as Puerto Rico, Guam, uh, Saipan. So um, it, depending on where you are, if you want more information about your state's relay, I encourage you to Google your state's relay services and see what programs they provide. Great. All right. Well, as we wrap up the month and and get ready to introduce our, our first panel member, the um, uh, you got another uh, Deaf History Month uh, tidbit for us. Yeah, absolutely. So Deaf History Month is traditionally traditionally celebrated uh, March 13th through April 16th. Um, and so one of the things that I've been doing this month with Pro Aging is just giving out a little bit of fun information um, that you may or may not be familiar with. So today we're going to talk a little bit about um, some inventions and some hearing accessories. So um, the first attempt to use electricity to aid hearing was believe it in Believe it or not, it's 1790. Um, and the first electrical hearing aid was invented in 1892. So they've been around for a long time. Um, and then uh, in 1995, cochlear implants were approved for people ages 18 and over. So as that, has, um, that technology has improved, you're seeing more and more children with cochlear implants as well. Um, and I also wanted to touch on captions because that's a really big topic for folks who are hard of hearing or deaf. Um, it's, it's a huge technological advance to be able to turn on your television and be able to read what people are saying as well as listening to what they're saying. Um, you, you couldn't enjoy a Ravens game in a bar without captioning because <laughs> you'd have no idea what they were talking about. Um, so the first, um, the history of closed captioning began uh, with open captioning on The French Chef in 1972, which was on PBS. Um, it became re more readily available, but extremely limited in the early 80s. Um, and then the Telecom Act of 1996 mandated closed captioning, which is now widely available for everyone, um, particularly for folks who live in very noisy homes and you just want to watch TV. <laughs> you can just turn on your captions. It's so easy to do now, especially with smart TVs. Yeah, it, it truly is. Captioning is universal design, J just like the little buttons when we go in the grocery store, it's got a little uh, wheelchair symbol on it, but 99.9% .9 of the people that are pressing that button are not in a wheelchair. It's just because our hands are full. And the, as you had said, the captioning, it helps all of us. You mm -hmm. don't need to be hard of hearing. But the beauty of it is, is that at some point in life, you do become hard of hearing. You're already familiar with that resource and you know how it works. So that's uh, right. Well, th this is great. Um, well, Jenny, we got a, a, a packed uh, time here with, uh, with uh, on Workplace Wednesday. I really appreciate your support this month. I, you're signed up for a few more months uh, mm -hmm. in the year. So we're going to be seeing a lot of you here. But, uh, but thanks again. It's been my pleasure, Steve. Thank you so much for having us. It's, it's been real fun. Excellent. All righty. Um, okay. So... Um, now let's bring on our panel panelists here. I'm really excited about this. Uh, um, and we've got Lisa Woodruff and uh, um, Stephanie, in my household, um, Lisa is an absolute rock star. Um, I don't know how my wife stumbled into Lisa, but uh, she does this thing called the Sunday basket and she, she connects with these, uh, with other people all around the country. And uh, this is a community that Lisa's put together to help individuals organize their lives. And it is, um, it's been, it, it was so impressive observing this from the outside. I, when we started this Workplace Wednesday series, I was like, you know, something like what you're doing would really be helpful to our profession in terms of here's just some tips on how you can have a more organized life. And uh, so uh, my wife, Bonnie, connected me with Lisa and I chatted with her and I discovered there, this is just the first time that we're getting to meet Lisa on how we can organize our workplace better. But we're going to have her back on next month on 
uh, how to organize uh, your parents' paperwork and things of that nature, which is another thing that she specializes in. Um, but um, but so Lisa, on the topic of workplace today, before before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got this community started. It's super impressive. Well, Steve, thank you so much for inviting me to come on. I'm super excited to talk to you and to meet with everyone here. You know, as most things develop out of a need you personally have, and then you solve your own problem, and then you invite other people into the solution. So I did not create Organize 365 until I was 39, about to turn 40. And the first 20 years of my adulthood, I spent the majority of those as a stay-at-home mom. I was trained as a teacher. I did some teaching. I had my kids. My kids both have special needs, primarily ADHD. I learned a lot about the executive functions of the brain. And as a teacher, my students also had ADHD. And so I started to really learn that um, how we observe the world and how we get through our daily activities are impacted by how much we try to hold in our head instead of writing it down. Like when we're adults and we move out of our childhood home, we're like, yes, I don't have to do chores anymore. Like no one's going to make me pick out my clothes anymore. And those habits that your parents actually made you do made your life go so much more smoothly. And we like throw the baby out with the bathwater. So I was 39. I had gone back to teaching for 18 months. My entire life was falling apart. My house was a mess. My kids were a mess. The only thing I was good at was teaching. And my administrator pulled me into a meeting and said, hey, uh, you're not doing a very good job. And I was like, what? Like, because I was 39, I was like, you're wrong. But if I had been 22, I'd been like, oh, how do I change it? I was like, I am failing at being a wife, a mother, uh, having my own ideas. Like if you don't value me in this school anymore, then I'm going to go be a good mom because no one else could be a mom to these kids. And so that's how I started. I went home as completely unorganized and I had been organized in the past and I started organizing myself and I started organizing people as a professional organizer. But what I learned in that first year was that organization was a learnable skill. And as soon as I realized it was a learnable skill, I was like, well, nobody's teaching it. Like everybody's saying you're born organized or you're not. So I set out to create a way to teach it both in person first and then online second. And over the years, what I've realized is it's those executive functions that cause us to be disorganized and our resistance to really going after those things that made us successful as kids that we need to put back in place as adults to create structure and routines and habits that will make our life go easier. Wow, boy, that's uh, that's very interesting, very inspirational, and uh, and yeah, one of the one of the things that that you you talked about. Most of the people in our audience are professionals who work with older adults, and just like your story, um, most of the people didn't get a degree in gerontology or study right. this. It was just like you. Hey, I you know, I was taking care of my mom and I feel like I can do a better job or, and they found their profession that way. Um, all right, well, okay. Well, I'm, guys, I'll put Lisa on a pedestal and say <laughs> that if you want to look into her system, uh, I highly recommend it based on my wife's success with it. And I think one of the, one of the reasons that your platform is so successful is that you've built a uh, community around organizing. Mm -hmm. So it's not just this, oh, I'm listening to a webinar and learning how to create a file. I'm doing it with hundreds of other people and we're all sort of sharing and what have you. But, um, but what, aside from, you know, subscribing to your platform and reading your books and things of that nature, what are, what are some tips that you can give to us that we can begin thinking about as we look at the mess on our desk or on our computers or what have you? Yeah, so I give you a ton of actionable things to do inside of my programs and my free podcast and I have free masterminds. Like there's, there's more information than you can possibly comprehend. But what I love to do first is really help you look at the mindset. Like make some mindset shifts before I start giving you actionable to-dos. You have heard about how to fold your clothes differently to make more space. You've heard about how to empty out your, like you've heard the tips, but yet you still feel unorganized. And why is that? And there are a couple of reasons. Number one, your expectation for yourself is way too high. 
Like you have a magazine, Pinterest, Instagram, perfect image that you're trying to reach that is unattainable. So I want you to throw that out. And we don't live in museums. We live in houses. So embrace the house that you live in, get it a little bit more organized as you go. The second thing I really want you to embrace is the fact that we go through phases in our life. We have a childhood phase, we have our 20s and 30s, we have our 40s and 50s, and then 60 plus. And each of these phases require different organization. Like if your house was very organized in your 20s and 30s, and all of a sudden it's not when you turn 40, that is completely normal. You need different organization about every 20 years. So doubling down on what worked in the past isn't always going to be the solution now. And really look at, like, we're all working from home now. (laughs) Did you just put up a card table or have you really embraced that you need an office from home? And yes, it's in your master bedroom. And no, that's not how you design it, but that's how we're living now. So why are you fighting it? Like, why are you fighting? Nobody's in your house. Who's going to see? Like, who cares? Like, make your house function for the phase of life you're in. Like, really embrace what you have at your disposal, where you live, the supplies you have, the financial resources you have, and see outside of the box. The last piece is this executive function. Like ADHD is a true diagnosis that involves the executive functions of the brain, which involve planning and working memory and organization and all these things that we do. Well, the it's a spectrum. Like you start out, like babies have like no executive function. And then you develop your ex- executive function that reaches its height between like 25 and 35. And as soon as you turn 40, you start losing it again. So if you are working with the aged population, they are continuing to lose their working memory, which means they don't remember things as well. And the way to circumvent that is to create better habits, better systems, and better routines. And if you don't realize your entire life is built on the habits that you have, it totally is. So don't look at how do I get a Pinterest perfect house? How do I get a perfect workplace organizing system? What's one thing you can change and how do you turn that into a habit? And then how do you create the next thing, the next thing, the next thing? Man, I love it. Uh, You know, one of the things that I like about the digital world is, is that we have these virtual backgrounds. So I don't have to show the world how disorganized (laughs) everything is in my office, but but just hearing you say that you can kind of let go of um, this sort of false pretense that, you know, my house is going to look like my next door neighbors who's is absolutely immaculate. There's nothing on the counters and things of that nature. I think that's really important. What, one of the things that I talk about to our community of senior serving providers is striving to be a hero on, on the job. Like, you know, and, um, you know, the the tips that you just gave are very important. I think that you got to start somewhere and making those expectations, setting those in in, with the right is important. But any tips like in, in the workplace, in terms of like, how can, how can you impress your, impress your boss or whoever you're working for or be more productive if you're an entrepreneur through sort of organizing yourself a little bit better. Any, any thoughts on that? Yes. So what I'm going to say is not always popular, but it does always work. So I think you should write everything down on actual paper. Like I am not a technological person. Um, you can find a lot of people that have all kinds of apps and different ways that you record can record things, but I literally write everything down. And the reason why I write everything down is because research has proven that if you write something down with your hand, you are more likely to remember it. So number one, writing with your hand versus typing, you're more likely to remember it. But even more important than that, getting it out of your head and onto paper frees up your brain. And one of the executive functions is working memory. So working memory is the ability to hold multiple things in your head. If you struggle with working memory as a math teacher, I always notice the kids that would probably end up diagnosed with ADHD first because long division has so many different steps in it and they would miss one of the steps. And so then they would get the answer wrong. And that is working memory. So holding lots of things in your head while you can do it is not the best use of your brain. And especially when you're working with older populations, what they want, what they crave is your attention, 
you're listening. So often, if you're truly listening as you're answering questions and you're not thinking about a million other things, then you also can observe slight irregularities. So one of my kids um, can be emotionally dysregulated. And when I am able to observe, I can see emotional dysregulation in behaviors before I hear it audibly because I'm observing. And so the more that you could be present and aware when you're working with your population, the more that you can respond and in kind. And when your brain is empty, you have that capacity and more capacity to do that. I love it. Um, man, these are, these are some great tips. And uh, Ada Horsfall with um, Life Matters says, uh, can you come into long-term care facilities to help seniors organize and possibly provide extra resources such as deep cleaning services in the Maryland, DC and Virginia area. Um, I'll let you respond to that and, uh, um, and that'll help people kind of understand your business a little bit better. Yes. Okay. So awesome. There are three different things that are being asked there. One is actually not being asked, but is implied. There are three different actions that people think about when they think about getting organized. One is decluttering, which is actually getting rid of things you don't need. Two is organizing, which is organizing what is left. And three is cleaning and maintaining and keeping those systems organized. So those are the three different things that you're asking about. I know that we have on the line quite a few certified organizers in our programs, like they are aware of the Organized 365 programs and they're certified. So for those of you guys who are certified, if you could drop your information into the chat so people can know, or if you're watching this as a replay, just go to organize365.com and click on um, our certification tab. We have over 100 certified organizers in the United States. Primarily, we don't work on the physical decluttering and organizing anymore. A lot of professional organizers do that. I saw some in the chat already. Our specialty is paper. So we help you make binders, which we're going to talk about in a month. We'll do another call about the medical, financial, and household reference binder. And those binders both organize the paper you have in your filing cabinets, but also the binders organize the information that's stuck in your head and no one knows about yet. And we get it out into these workbooks that we have so that everyone can help. Great, great. Yeah, so uh, Ada, um, like I, I, I thought that, that was really good. And again, this system is pretty cool in the fact that if, they're, uh, if you connect with somebody who's using the system, I think you'll, um, your clients will be uh, very, very happy. Um, let's see, uh, somebody says, done is not perfect. Please talk about this and expand. Thank you so much. I, I don't know what done is not perfect, uh, but I, I guess you, that is that a phrase that you coined, it Lisa? Is. Okay. I didn't coin it, but I hear it often said, um, we often go for perfection. Like we, we hold ourselves up and getting something finished to say that it's finished because it's not labeled. It's not all color coordinated. That's why I often say done is better than perfect. Like if you could say it's done and it's checked off the list and it's 80%, your 80% looks like 110% to someone else. Mm -hmm. No one knows when you painted the room where you accidentally hit the ceiling. Only you know that unless you point it out, which I always point it out. Yeah. And I'm always pointing those things out on Instagram to show people like, it's done. It's not perfect. I will show you how it's not perfect. So you could see the imperfection, but unless I show you, you don't know. So let's just give ourselves a lot more grace and focus the things that are really important instead of the things that we want to get perfect. So I often, instead of saying I'm a perfectionist, I let go of that a long time ago. I say I'm a woman of excellence. So I do everything with excellence, but I don't do it to perfection. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is actually a great workplace conversation is, you know, if, if you're working for somebody, somebody and they ask you to do something, it's understanding what their view of done and perfection is and making sure that you match that up. Because I've had people work for me, I'm very much a more of a get it done and it needs to be well, it depends on what it is, obviously, you, you know, but um, one of the things that I find that employers really appreciate is checking in and letting them know where you are on a specific pro uh, project, because you may get to a point where you think you've got 15 more days on this project, but your boss is sort of like, no, that's yeah. done. 
you know, and let's celebrate that. And over the next three months, you can finish up the rest of that project. So um, uh, excellent. Um, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Peter Clopton has his hand raised. So let me see if that's by accident or if he's got something to say. And then uh, Lisa, if you don't mind, do you, do you mind sort of hanging out here yeah. and addressing organizing and paperwork uh, questions, but I'd like to uh, jump into some of the job um, discussion as well. Is that okay? Yeah. Great, great. Um, okay. Um, all right, looks like Peter may have, uh, uh, I've, I've asked him to unmute. Uh, so Peter, if you wanna jump on, if you've got a question or a comment, but let's, let's start transitioning to people that are looking for jobs and people yep. that have jobs that they want to uh, discuss. And Stephanie, you're the, um, you're, I, I'd like to kick this off with you. I'm curious about what's, uh, what are some of the positions that you've got out there that you think our audience might be interested in? Well, thank you. Um, I actually have several. I don't know how many you want me to share, but um, I did post my name and my contact information for anybody who's interested in any of these opportunities or if you're an employer and need uh, some assistance with uh, regard to working with a recruiting firm. Um, for those of you who joined us late, um, I'm a recruiter. I specialize in senior living recruitment. I've been doing this since 1995. I started kind of even before senior living was senior living. You know, what, back then it was nursing homes and, and home care, um, but uh, we've evolved significantly uh, in my many years of recruitment. Um, I actually have a, a licensed and LPN position for a CCRC uh, in the Newport News area. Um, it's uh, really this person would be um, working in the skilled nursing component at the CCRC, and it's paying 20 to 25, uh, excuse me, 20 to $28 an hour, depending on how many years experience you have. And um, they're looking for somebody who really has a, a, a very genuine, caring uh, bedside manner. Uh, it's a very uh, high-end community looking for somebody who's, you know, a polished professional who really is passionate about wor working with the geriatric population. Um, I also have an executive director position, and I'll post these in, in the panel um, momentarily or in the chat, rather. Um, I also have an executive director position. That position is based out of West Palm Beach, Florida. Ooh. It's uh, about a 190 unit memory, uh, excuse me, assisted living and independent living community looking for somebody who's core certified in the state of Florida. Base salary is going to be somewhere between 120, 125 range, uh, depending on the person's experience and background. Great. So those, oh. those two things, but I don't want to take up too much of my no, time. No, no. And yes. I knew that when we transitioned to some jobs that then more questions would come in for Lisa. It's just kind of the way it works. And so Sherry Reed says, uh, do you, Lisa, offer paper organizing directly or do we find somebody on your website? And and I will tell you why I'm so thrilled to have Lisa here is she is she is the 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 creator of all this, and uh, um, that's why I'm so in awe to have you. But uh, but tell us how how that works, Lisa. So I'm a teacher, and I like have a school. And you could come to my school, and you can listen to my podcast, which is free, or listen to the masterminds, which are free. And then you can buy products if you want, like that is the Sunday basket, or here's a portable one. And the products are very reasonably priced, and they come with online training and courses and Facebook groups and community support. So you can learn. And then just like in a classroom, if you want some one-on-one -on -one instruction, or if you'd rather work in a live small group, that's what our certification program is for. And that's what our certified organizers do. And our certified organizers right now, a handful of them are in a mastermind for work boxes and actually working with the next question is Tiffany's. They're working with actual organizations to implement the Sunday basket and work boxes in entire companies. So that the whole companies are having the same way of uh, getting all of their ideas in one place, keeping them all together, moving projects from idea to project to done as a system. Uh, you, you know, and that, uh, that uh, stumbles into Tiffany's question, does your system work in organizations? 
We're trying to get institutional knowledge from employees' minds to paper to help create protocols, processes, and more staff yeah. can be involved in tasks. I can completely see how this would be a great step uh, for an organization. And, and, you know, I know in the audience, we have a lot of smaller organizations there. So mm -hmm. the, the level of investment would be minimal, but um, to be able to do this as a company, because I see with my wife in, in going down this road is having the camaraderie of having other people doing this is, uh, is very important. Have, have you had a few companies uh, do this company-wide? Yes, we are in the process of doing that. So let me just show you, like I'm a teacher, so I'm gonna show you. Okay. We have, we've created slash pockets. These are slash pockets. You can get them rainbow colored at the store. I manufacture them all the same color. So I can teach you the system and they come in different colors and each color means something. Mm -hmm. So an idea or something that hasn't been green lighted in your company or a patient that is considering moving into your facility would be pink. Once they give you money or you get a grant, then it becomes purple. It becomes a project that actually has a deadline and a financial attachment to it. It's a customer. And then once you have enough customers, you're going to need a team and you use the blue slash pockets for meetings and team and any building information. And then we have green for financial or outside agencies that you work with. And this cadence of moving from pink to purple to blue to green is in every single business. You start with an idea, the idea becomes something you're able to sell, or you start with a, a building and then you get a patient. And then once you get enough patients, you need a staff in order to take care of the patients. And then you need to deal with the financials and reportings that go with that. I finally realized it's uh, marketing, sales, operations, finance. Like this system that I created 20 years ago as a direct seller works in any industry. There are always four pieces and there's always a flow to it. Mm -hmm. You're naturally good at one of them. And it's always, it's almost always your product or service that you do. And the other three, the team, the leads, or the reporting that needs to be done, you're good at one of those. And the other two you like do when you have to, or you always push it off and then it doesn't get done. When you can get a cadence of doing all four, that's when you become profitable. And by profitable, I mean productive and best serving all of your clients with ease and integrity and fulfilling your mission, vision, and values because you're not worrying about all those things. So interesting, Steve, we are working with some small companies where the primarily the woman has had success in doing a Sunday basket at home to organize all of their home stuff and a work box for them at work. And they're like, okay, we're going to push this out through the organization. And often it's the owner. And then they realize, oh, I see why nothing works. We have no processes. We have no procedures. Nobody has decluttered or shredded anything because we have no rules for when you're allowed to. And the owner saying, well, I can't believe you still have that paper. And the employee is saying, well, you never told me I was allowed to get rid of it or how to get rid of it. And so we are realizing that, oh, this is, this is such a systemic problem. Like there really are, there are no organized companies. If you're thinking that yours is a hot mess and all the other ones are organized, no, no, no. None of them, like think of the biggest companies, you know, then ask mm -hmm. any of the employees that work there. And they're like, no, it's a hot mess. Like we have no idea what we're doing in here. And, and so and it's the system. I, I love it. And, you know, I'm sure you've got some thoughts on this, but actually before I got a question for you, I'm going to jump back, but, but I want to make this brief announcement on a job and remind everybody that if you're looking for a job or if you've got a job, type it into chat, raise your hand, what have you, because that's a big component about today. But Carol Wolf says, Hey, everybody, I might not be able to be on the whole call, but I wanted to let you know about two key positions. This is at Homecrest House. One is the director of the Edwards building. And then the other is the Homecrest certification specialist. And if you are interested in either one of these, make sure you check that out in, in chat or cut and paste this to somebody that who might be interested in these positions. And um, again, if, if there's other jobs out there, or if you're out there in the market, uh, raise your hand and we'll bring you on. You can talk about yourself, but um, okay. So you had mentioned like the one thing that you haven't mentioned is your app or your digital product or what have you, that this is very paper focused. And, um, you know, lately, and I would say lately, meaning the last five to six years, when I tried to get organized myself and for get my company organized, 
everything is sort of app-based. You know, I'm on Facebook and I see this awesome app that's going to help me manage a product project and I try it and I sometimes feel it falls short because I, I need to print something out. I can't even print anything out. I don't have anything in writing. Um, you, you had talked about the memory of writing something down, but I'd be curious at your thoughts on sort of this new app-based culture that we've got and sort of going old school with the paper and the filing cabinets. Yes. So we do have an app. <laughs> so we have a okay. great website. We do have an app because some people do want it and they want to be able to access my videos when they're in the storage room organizing that and not, you know, doing it, trying to do it through the phone, through our website. So we do have an app and I'm not anti-digital. I just have observed the following. Organization is analog. Productivity can be digital. It is nearly impossible to do the act of organizing digitally. It's almost always like a brain dump. You sort everything out and then you upload what you have done into some digital solution. Um, you can clean out your closet. That is a very physical analog activity. Once everything's organized in your closet, you can create an app or whatever of all your outfits so that you can pick out your productivity of what you're going to do. Productivity can be digital and there's so many gurus out there. Go find one. I am the organizing person. I will take you from decluttering to getting to productivity, I will get everything organized. So for example, I want to give this example for all of you that are looking for jobs. You're going to take your slash pockets and you're going to say, this is my job search color. And each of these slash pockets are maybe going to be a different position you're going after or a different place that you have applied. Obviously, you're going to do your research on Google. Obviously, you're going to email the person and obviously you're going to apply online. Like, I don't believe like, nope, you got to chisel it out in snow, stone, <laughs> deliver it by FedEx. Like, you're not allowed to do digital. I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. But when you're sitting down Friday afternoon and you go through these slash pockets, even if I have some in here that have nothing in it, doesn't even have to have something in it. I'm like, oh, okay, this project, this person, this company did I follow up on the email? Did I send them a thank you note? Do they have any more job postings? And when you're in the interview or you're getting emails back and I print my emails and they mention that their daughter's birthday is going to be this weekend or their mother just got diagnosed with COVID and you're like, you know what? I'll just send them an email. Thank you so much for your meeting this week. By the way, I was wondering how your mother is doing. Do you think that that person is not going to be like, whoa, uh, um, just taking little notes and observations. Again, you're not using your brain to remember all the facts. You're writing them down, makes you a more present person, makes you a more memorable person, makes you more someone that they would wanna do business with because you care about them and the whole experience, not just the job and the tactical to-dos. So these slash pockets are not just for all of the paper related, but everything that these jobs encompass. Great, the, awesome. Uh, I, I got another. Real yeah, quickly. go, Stephanie, jump in. Yeah, go. for those who joined, um, you know, didn't hear the beginning, one of the things that Lisa said right from the get-go, she said, organization is a teachable skill. That resonated with me because I am not the most organized person in the world. I try to be, I go through phases. Lisa, can you just real briefly let, let us know the teachable aspect of it? I mean, how long does it take to teach someone to be organized? Is there a time frame? I mean, I know that the brain, you know, you can teach the brain new things. And um, how long does this process take if you were to, let's say, um, get my office organized and I, you know, I work alone in my own home office. Give me a time frame of how long it's going to take me. Is it that 28 days they talk about where, you, you know, learning to, to teach a new skill? Talk to, talk to us a little bit about that, please. Okay, yes. And that's will also address what Mary Ellen is saying. Like, I can't imagine going back to a paper CRM system. Mm -hmm. Once you have organized something and you've moved it into a productive phase and it works for you, do not make it analog again. Like, of course, like if your CRM system works, if your automatic bill pay works, if your automatic online ordering of your groceries works, you have made it productive. You don't go backwards. It is only in the areas where you are not organized or you feel like there's better optimization that can happen here. You're going to go through the decluttering, organizing, increasing productivity sphere. So for example, we have a program to organize your entire house and I've divided your house into 100 individual 15 minute a day assignments because everybody told me they only had 15 minutes a day. So, and it's ordered in the order of growing your organizational muscles. So for the first three weeks, 21 days, 
we spend in the kitchen. Like the silverware drawer is a day. Like who can't do the silverware drawer? The mug cabinet is a day. Like, and these are spaces you have organized before. But when you do it with me, I'm going to explain to you why a silverware drawer works and how a silverware drawer is like any other drawer in your house. And once you know why that works and how it works, you now can go do your bedroom nightstand drawer without me because now you understand how drawers work. I teach you about kitchen cabinets as little mini closets that have doors on them. And then you're like, oh, these are all little mini spaces. They could be whatever I want. And I have to label what they are, like a drink cabinet, a lunch packing cabinet. It doesn't have to be the way it was when a builder designed this house in the 1950s when we didn't even have this stuff. Like I have an office in my kitchen. You could do whatever you want. And so as you're going through the act of organizing spaces you may have organized in the past, I am expanding your thoughts of, what organization is and it's specifically how your house works. And then we go into general living spaces and your bathroom and your closet. So you organize you and then you organize the general living spaces. And then you get to the spaces that no one knows how to organize, which are the attic and the garage and the storage. But by the time you get there, you're so open to, okay, Lisa, how do I look at this space now? And we look at our storage room as if it's like, um, and Ikea and we put all the different shelving in and then there are little places for your holiday decorations are probably organized or at least you know where they are because they all go in and out of storage at the same time. It's where do you put baby clothes, decorating supplies, extra frames, like furniture that you no longer need. That's what's not organized in your storage room because you don't have a system for that. You don't have a routine and you don't know why the um, holiday stuff stayed organized, but this doesn't stay organized. And so I kind of teach you that as you go. Man, that was okay. great. Um, okay. We got, got a couple of, we got a couple more questions, uh, Lisa for you, but, uh, I want to spotlight a couple of, uh, job opportunities. First, I want everybody to be aware of the new watermark communities in the, uh, DC area in Maryland and Virginia, and, uh, take a, Take a peek in chat because um, Jenna Robertson says that they've got a bunch of key positions available. So make sure that you check that out. And then the other is um, Capital Caring Health, which is an absolutely awesome uh, uh, Northern Virginia-based uh, organization that is uh, metro-wide. They have dozens of openings for RNs, LPNs, CNAs, NPs, admins, Plebiotis, executive director of IPU, bereavement counselor. So uh, two great organizations there where there's opportunities. Um, you know, I'm glad you referenced Mary Ellen's question about the CRM, but, but one of the things when we talk about an organization using your system, um, we've had some discussions on here on CRMs, uh, what the best one is to use, how to best use them. But I've seen so many organizations struggle to, because they're sort of jumping into a CRM, thinking that's gonna organize everything and make them more productive and what have you. And I, I feel like a, a, um, a system like yours is a great step before the CRM. Mm. Get that information organized so that you know what you want in the CRM and you're gonna be better able to figure out which CRM works for you as well. Yeah, CRMs are hard, aren't they? Like They really are. Um, we invested in one that was super expensive when I was really young because I knew that it would be able to do everything that I wanted it to do uh, when my vision was fully realized. And I'm glad we did that. Like, so it does integrate with our shop and it integrates with our website and our customer service actually integrates with it. Now I didn't even know it would do that. So I think um, you don't always know what you need in the beginning. So just buy whatever you can afford and get started. And it's unfortunate, but sometimes you're going to have to change website providers, CRM providers. And as you grow, some systems are really, really great when you're like a hundred thousand to a million dollar company. When you're one to three million, it's a different company. When you're three to 10, it's a different. When you go to 50 million, like everything breaks at 10 million. So what you start with isn't necessarily what you're going to move to. I would make sure that it has open API if you want to connect it to anything else. And then also that all of your data is downloadable, no matter what you pick, make sure that you can have all your data exported for when you probably are going to switch in the future. Yeah, no, I agree because 
yeah, your company may change, things may change, what have you. Um, let's see. Um, okay, I've uh, Ali Sultani has raised his hand, and uh, Ali, hey. Hey, how you doing? Good. Um, I think I saw that you had also you you had a have a position in your organization as well that's that's available. Yes, yes. Uh, thank thank you for everybody for uh, great information and great presentation. Uh, so we've been looking uh, for uh, hiring a relationship manager with uh, with the background in senior and disability uh, market. So they they can they have a lot of relationships in the mar in the in the industry with other professionals like them. Uh, so we've been looking for occupational therapists or PTs or uh, case managers, care managers, or anybody that has been in the in the industry for for long enough, so we can uh, expand our, our relationship with the other um, you know people that they need our services and they cannot find our services. And and talk about tell everybody what your company is and what you guys do because sure. it's a so, very important company. So sure. our company is Handy Pro, and uh, we do home modifications for those with limited mobility. So we do anything from installing ramps, grab bars, bathroom remodeling, any kind of lift or elevators, anything that they can help them, any DME products to help them to stay in their home. And our problem is advertising really doesn't work for us because people cannot find us through our advertisement. So we want to have a relationship manager so we can uh, you know, do our networking and you know, spread the word. Great. All right. Well, Check out Ali and um, drop your information into chat again, Ali, and um, hopefully we can get the word out and, and uh, get get these positions through the grapevine and find you a good candidate. Um, I appreciate uh, it. Thanks for the time. You bet. Okay. And let's see. All right. Um, and Ali is actually just, you know, just ironically, he is on a panel of universal design and remodeling experts that we're going to feature next month. And you guys, this is going to be awesome. We actually shot some video of an actual homeowner in Kensington, Maryland of their home. And then this panel of universal design experts is which Ali is one is going to comment on an actual home on some of the things that could be done in the various spaces to make it more safe and accessible. I'm really charged up. It's gonna be kind of like an HGTV show, but for uh, safe and accessible homes. Um, okay, uh, let's see. Uh, Scott Compton says, slowly said, do you have or need any design background for your home services and all that you are suggesting with the organization of various spaces that you mentioned? Oh, that's that's a good question. As you were, mm -hmm. as you were describing sort of organizing uh, the, the, the coffee mug cabinet, uh, is, is this with a focus on design? Yeah, it's not at all, which is a good thing. So, <laughs> so when I was doing in-home professional organizing, my lead organizer is an interior designer and we were standing in someone's house and she was like, oh, you know, people who have no design aesthetic, they have cream carpet and they have all brown furniture and they have, you know, khaki walls. And I was like, you've been in my house. You know, you just described my entire house. She's like, oh, I, I don't mean you. I'm like, no, 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 you mean me. Like I can walk in a house and I can, I can literally, I have a photographic memory. I could tell you where their nail clippers were three years later. I could tell you. If you asked me what color the walls were in that house, I have no idea. I, I have no decorator or design experience whatsoever. And so I'm a very functional organizer. Like I'm a jigsaw puzzle doer. I can see all the pieces. I can coordinate them by color. I could put them in the right size box and I could put them in the space. And I usually design where you can see almost everything because most people can maintain a system that they can see. And then I bless and release you to whatever design aesthetic that your finances and your abilities can provide you, or you bring in a decorator because that's just not me. I see that in more the the productivity piece that um, if we declutter and we organize it, then you can make it look however you want. If it functions, it will stay organized. If it's really pretty, but it doesn't function, it doesn't matter. Great, great point. And uh, I always like it when when people tell you exactly what they do and what they don't do. And right. uh, um, uh, that's actually a very good business strategy. The uh, the jack of all trades 
master of none is oftentimes not the best approach to uh, any product or service. So, um, but um, okay, well, this has been really good. Um, it, it, it looks like we got some really good chatter out there and uh, Ali, you're, uh, I see a lot of interest in that position that you were, that you were advertising. Um, I'm going to, uh, uh, Scott says, thanks for your, your feedback there, um, Lisa. Um, okay, so when I, when I do this, sometimes there's a flurry of questions and comments. So I'm gonna sort of throw out a last call here for uh, if you've got a position, if you're looking for a job, uh, raise your hand. If you got a question for Lisa, remember, we're going to have her come back and help us with some ideas and tools to help keep our clients more organized uh, yeah. and organize all that paperwork when you come into your client's house who's moving into your assisted living. Um, but uh, while we do that, um, I am going to go back to my co-host Stephanie here. The um, Any other uh, jobs or words of wisdom that you would... Um, uh, like to share. Oh, and while you say that, Karen Dotson with Capital Caring wanted to let everybody know that they have sign-on bonuses for up to $7,500. So um, uh, another good thing to, to know there. But um, Stephanie, any words of wisdom or any other positions that you want to share with the group? Yeah, actually, I just um, posted two more positions up there. I have a director of nursing for independent assisted and memory care community. It's actually based in Wisconsin, so it's a little bit farther where, where a large majority of, of the people out there. But as we are expanding, Stephen, I figured we would, um, you know, kind of branch out to some further positions. Um, that position is uh, a small company. They own eight retirement communities in Wisconsin. They have been around for over 50 years. They have a great reputation. Uh, one of their nurses just celebrated her 38th year working for the company. So, you know, people who work for them tend to stay there for a long time. And, and for those of you who are uh, employers and looking for people, if you have good longevity or you have something that's going to excite an employee, potential employee to come join your company, like great longevity or a great sign on bonus, like you just mentioned, definitely add that to your advertising and your job posting. If you have that sign-on bonus, if you're posting that job on a website, you might want to say, you know, director of nursing position and then $7,500 sign-on because that's going to grab somebody's attention. I know it would, it would grab mine. So mm -hmm. just think of that as your job posting as an advertisement, not just for your job, but for your organization. Great place to work. Uh, oops, I apologize, folks. Um, <laughs> that would be me and I forgot to put my phone off. Uh, but those are things that are really going to promote, you know, not only your job, but your employment brand as a great place to work. So if you have, you know, if you were the best place to work by Forbes, you know, company or anything like that, you definitely want to put that in all your job postings and on your website, of course. Um, but yes, yeah, so I have that position in um, Wisconsin for the director of nursing. And then I also have a director of health and wellness uh, position, LPN or an RN. Um, Boca Raton, Florida, very high-end upscale community undergoing a major multi-million dollar renovation, and they're looking for uh, to replace their, their nurse that's retiring. So and I have my contact information is, is uh, available as well somewhere through this, uh, through the chat. So feel free to reach out to me, anybody who's interested in job opportunities and or looking to hire a recruiter to help them support some of their open positions. Great. So awesome uh stephanie and and thank you for uh for co-hosting and uh I, i'm i'm really pleased at how this platform is working out you know i mean it's it's almost like a support group in in some ways for employers to see what's going on out there and for job seekers to see what's going on out there and um and lisa i think you really added a very interesting dynamic to this discussion which i I think we should follow through on is is that is having a theme that's not related necessarily to getting a job, but just you know things that we can do in our workplace. You know, maybe we'll get somebody to talk about getting along with your coworkers or something like that. You know, in in uh, in future discussions. But um, uh, Lisa, any you're getting lots of great feedback, and and I saw that you just posted your website directory there 
people are searching for paper organizers and uh, um, but any sort of closing thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, I realized, Stephanie, I didn't really answer your question earlier when you said like, how long would it take you to get your workplace organized? So I'll give you guys some benchmarks. If you feel like you've been organized in the past and you just wanna get reorganized again, you know, within, if you give a good solid weekend to organizing your space and really decluttering and organizing it and then setting up good routines within six weeks, those routines will really uh, start to solidify. That's what we say for the Sunday basket at home. If you want to get through all of your kitchen counter paper, your actionable to do's, all those responsibilities that you have, it takes about six weeks to set up that habit as well. And then if you want to declutter and organize your entire house, we have a 100 day program and we cycle through that three times a year. And it usually takes the full 365 days to cycle through that three times and just hit the spaces that you didn't hit the first couple of times to really feel like your home is at an organization level that uh, is comfortable for you. Awesome. That's well, thank great. you for touching upon that. I appreciate that. Real quickly, I know that we're running out of time, but Lisa, you mentioned a couple times, and even Steve mentioned a Sunday basket. Can you explain to us what that is? Yeah, this thing is, it, it, my <laughs> wife loves it. So the Sunday basket is a box that has these same slash pockets in it. They just have different designations and they're all the responsibilities that the primary head of household takes care of. So family, your personal responsibilities, your household responsibilities, and your financial responsibilities. And then it's a weekly planning time, an organized, structured weekly planning time that you can do through our co-working space when you have the system. It's a $97 system, lifetime membership, 90 minutes a week of co-working to walk you through how do you go through not only all of your mail and your actionable to-dos, but all of the ideas and the hopes and the aspirations you have at home. We're finding in our research that we don't have goal attainment at home because we never get through our to-do list. And that is my mission. My mission is to get your home and paper organized in one calendar year so that you have more time to do what you're uniquely created to do. And we're just drowning in to-dos and things that aren't even that important. And it's keeping us from living our best life and really gifting the world with what we were uniquely created to do. Wow. Man. Amazing. So perfectly well said, Lisa. I really, I'm super impressed. And again, for those who, who may or may not have heard me earlier, what Lisa said right from the get-go, which has totally resonated with me, organization is a teachable skill. I know I'm going to be calling Lisa in the very near future. I'm very excited. And I take, uh, I trust Steve and, and Bonnie, his wife, who, uh, who yeah. does the uh, Sunday basket. So. No, no, it's, uh, uh, she, she is super impressed and, and, and just one closing note, because I feel like the, the Sunday, when you say co-working space, this is a time, if you're a part of this program, you get on with other people who are doing the same exact thing that you're doing. And it's like, you've got this camaraderie, you're not doing it alone anymore. How important is that to your, uh, to your platform? It's way bigger than I realized. Like I did it because as an educator, I'm like, okay, well, it's going to take you six weeks and I'll walk you through it. And so I'll do it. We'll do it together. You do it on your own. You'll learn the skill. But what I underestimated was how lonely I felt when I was working from home and I was a stay-at-home mom. And what I've realized is that is a, a huge experience. And now as men are staying home as well, they're feeling the same thing. It's extremely isolating. You feel like you're the only one. And because you're watching Instagram and TV, you think that everyone else has it together. Every other business has it together. And your business and your house is a hot mess and you're never going to get it done. And so what's the matter with me? And instead of giving yourself grace you just beat yourself up even more you go all right fine tomorrow i'm gonna have 90 things on my to-do list and then i'm gonna get ahead and and it's just out of this sheer determination of trying to do it and spinning your wheels and it's just this mental mindset that takes you deeper and deeper into often anxiety and depression both of which are often alleviated with our systems relatively quickly i, I love it um and let's see uh we're gonna finish with this last comment here Seniors who were living in a huge house, many rooms, who moved to a small senior living apartment, how to adjust to managing small space, so much clutter, being overwhelmed. I mean, um, and, and actually, I'm just going to use that as a commercial for the next time that Lisa comes on, because that's exactly one of the solutions that we're going to address, correct? Yes.
Yeah. And I would say between now and then give that person grace. Like, can you imagine, like put yourself in that person's shoes in the future? Like as we were decluttering my grandmother's, um, apartment that she'd lived in for like 12 years, but my mom knew that she was probably getting closer and closer to the end of her life. And she kept saying, well, can we go through this drawer? Can we go through this drawer? And my grandma finally said to my mom, look, I've gotten rid of everything I want to get rid of. And I like what's left and you can deal with that when I'm gone. And it wasn't a lot of stuff, but you have, you, you can't declutter for someone. Mm -hmm. This is a process you really have to go through on your own. And the more that you push, the more resistance you're going to get. Mm -hmm. And the more you say, that's fine. I mean, you can live like a hamster in the cage. That's fine. That's why I say to my daughter. And eventually she gets rid of it all because she's like, I can't maintain this. I was like, right. Do you need me to help you take it to the curb now? She's like, yeah, because I want to get rid of it. And when they want to get rid of it, they will be ready to let it go. And there's a reason that they haven't yet. So just give them grace. I love it. All right. Well, uh, been a great discussion. Uh, thank, thank you, Stephanie. We'll see you next month. And um, Lisa, we'll, I think we'll see you next month too. Thanks yeah. everybody for tuning in. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Steve.